read Uncle Mel's book in 1972. I was two years old at the time. And his book, his book, Like a Mighty Wind, the account of the great Indonesian revival of 1965 when God just broke out of heaven with the Spirit of God and just crashed in on his little church on this little island out of the 17,000 islands in Indonesia. God found his church and his people and crashed in on them. And, and, and through that, hundreds of thousands and millions of people were, were brought to the Lord as a result of that encounter. And he wrote a book about it. Um, and it was published, oh my goodness, 47 years ago. And so it changed my life. I was in college then and uh, <laughs> changed my life. And now we've been friends, I don't know, going on 20 years now. And he and his wife, Joyce, and Mike, their son, and they are near and dear to us. Uncle Mel has never, the thing that impressed me the most when I met him, not that I needed to be impressed, believe me, but what moved me was the fact that he never lost the passion for souls and for mission. It was like, even though I didn't know you when you were 18, he burned with it when I met him. So anyway, Uncle Mel, come. We're so happy to have you here with us. We love you. Praise the Lord, somebody. 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 Ladies and gentlemen, I came tonight with a message. And you need to hear it because it's for you. Oh, thanks, Pastor Jim. Bless you, you know, all of us Christians, there's one Bible verse that we all like or memorize and think it is special, and it is so. And that is John 3.16. I don't have to ask you. You can say it with your eyes closed. You can say it when you just wake up in the middle of the night. For God so loved the world, he gave us his only begotten son. Ladies and gentlemen, that is Christianity 101. That is the essence of Christianity. You have heard this story before, but I'm going to run it through quickly. I was a 16-year-old boy in the island of Timor, and I was sick with malaria. Prayed, took a medicine, but nothing happened. I was very disgusted at God because he promised in the Bible that when we ask, we shall receive. Well, I ask, I ain't receiving nothing. So finally, I have to talk with God. I said, what's the matter with you, God? To make the story short, I realized that I was looking for healing. Now, nothing wrong looking for healing. When you're sick, you better be smart and look for healing. But I want to tell you tonight, the smart thing is looking for healing. But the wise thing is looking for the healer. So 53 years, ladies and gentlemen, 53 years ago, ladies and gentlemen, I found the healer. And when I found the healer, Jesus, it was exciting. I was so excited when I found Jesus because for the first time in my life, I realized that my sins were forgiven. Heaven will be my home. God is my father forever. And eternal life is mine. I was so excited. I get out of the house. 
and I got the first person that I met, a friend of mine. We were in the middle of the road. I didn't care. I said, you nailed down right now, and you asked Jesus to come to your heart. He said, why? I said, because if you don't, you don't go to heaven. Because you see, Jesus, uh, God gave us one gift and one gift only. And that is a person. I ask this question everywhere, and I know you're going to pass the test right now, but let me ask it anyway. The Bible said in John 3.16, for God so loved the world, he gave us healing. Anybody here? Here say yes. Okay, I know you're going to pass it. No, for God so loved the world, he gave us salvation. No, for God so loved the world, he gave us Miracles! I love miracles. No, for God so loved the world, he gave us Jesus. He gave us a person. And I'm here to tell you, ladies and gentlemen, that 53 years ago, I found the person Jesus. Got so excited, I went down and got my friend to accept Jesus. And after he accepted Jesus, I told him, you go north, I go south, and whoever you met, don't talk about any nonsense thing. Just tell them about Jesus. And I have done it for 53 years, ladies and gentlemen. And I ain't going to quit anytime soon. Because, ladies and gentlemen, it is Jesus. The person of Jesus, the only gift that heaven has ever given us. But the amazing part is, when you found Jesus, you discovered that he's the healer. So, the following month, I remember thinking to myself, you know, that was stupid of me. I was talking to God, and I heard his voice, you know, audibly. And dumb me, I forgot to ask him to heal me. And I remember thinking to myself, oh, that was really, I'm missing an opportunity. But you know what? About a month later, I said, see, I'm feeling pretty good. You know, I didn't ask for healing. But when I embraced the healer, and when the healer embraced me, healing just flows into my body. And that malaria wasn't there a month later. Well, three months later, I still feel good. So I said, you know what? I think I got healed. A year later, I'm a little slow, you know. Some people, they're quick, you know. The moment they got the goosebump, they get, <laughs> they get excited. That's okay. If you're that kind of person, get excited anytime you want to. But, you know, I grew up in the Presbyterian church, so we don't get excited that easy. You know what I mean? Some of you understand that we are more conservative, you know. So I wasn't excited. But a year later, I knew that I knew that I knew that the miracle has taken place. And today, tonight, ladies and gentlemen, I want to tell you after 53 years, I'm going to tell you that Jesus is the one because that malaria hasn't come back for 53 years and that malaria will never come back again. John 3.16, for God so loved the world, he gave us Jesus. There's another Bible first that also I like it because it's 3.16. Luke 3.16. But before I go to Luke 3.16, just one, I want to make sure if you haven't embraced Jesus, tonight's the night. Talk with Pastor Dan after that, Pastor Jim here, these two veterans and Miss Peggy there, and I can help out a little bit. Pastor Jim Bruce over here can help out. But if you don't know this Jesus, don't miss him, my friend, because he is the center of the universe. He is everything. He is the one. He is the only. He is the life. He is the bright and morning star. He is the healer. He is Alpha and Omega. He is. He is. He was. And he is to come. 
The second Bible verse that I like is Luke chapter 3 verse 16. John said, I baptize you unto water. You're going to get baptized coming up here. Miss Peggy and Pastor Dan are going to baptize you unto water. But when you got unto water, whoever you will be, remember John said that this. But he that come after me, oh, he's mightier than I. He will baptize you with the Holy Ghost and fire. Hey, somebody here that is ready for the baptism, don't just come from the, for the water. Come for the Holy Ghost and fire. Come for the Holy Ghost and fire. You'll get it, I promise you. Because that is Luke 3.16. Now tonight, I came with a message. And it is Genesis chapter 3.16. So it's kind of nice that they're all 3.16. So you know, even if your mind got a little foggy, you can't forget it. All right? So John, oh, Genesis chapter 3, verse 16 said, oh no, not Genesis, Exodus. All right, that's what happened when you got excited, but I got it all taken care of. Now, Exodus chapter 3, verse 16. Oh, I love this. This is the message for the hour tonight. And this is what the Lord gave me when I was, you know, taking a little nap today and praying and said, God, you know, uh, harvest is family here. And I'm not just going to go there to, you know, kind of yak. And oh, no. I want the word of the Lord. And the word of the Lord said... I am indeed concerned about you and what has been done unto you in Egypt. He is concerned indeed. And I read that, I said, whoa. Ladies and gentlemen, the God that created the universe said tonight, I'm concerned about you individually. But also you as a community because you have been treated badly by Egypt. You have been under the rule of a foreign power. You have been under a bondage of a foreign nation. You know, all the preachers can tell you that Egypt represents sin. And when we have bondage in Egypt, that means we're all sinners, which we all are, you know. But you see, the Bible first, Gen Exodus 3.16 says, I'm indeed concerned about you. And ladies and gentlemen, when God is concerned, oh, there's a time for the devil to get shaky. Because when God is concerned, ladies and gentlemen, he's going to do something about the concern that he has. When he so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son. When he's concerned about you and I, ladies and gentlemen, he will move heaven and earth to do something about it. He said, I'm concerned about you. But no, not only you. All the people, your relatives, the whole, your world that has been uh, suffering under the power and the bondage of Egypt. The concern of God is always about us first. But the reason God is concerned about us, because there's a whole world out there that he's concerned about. And if he can touch you and I, then he can use us, you and I, to touch our world. 
it is never just about us only, but it is about us so that the world around us can be impacted by this gospel, can be impacted by the love of Jesus. Oh, ladies and gentlemen, I am indeed. You know, the English words sometimes do it right. And this one here, the English language do it just perfect. I, the Lord, indeed, are concerned about you. Have you ever wondered if anybody cares? Sometimes you think, oh, they don't care. Oh, nobody noticed my problem. Oh, I'm alone in this thing here. Oh, well, I'm going to be dead. Oh, drugs has been killing me. Oh, I've been under, the, I've been having, uh, I have this addiction. I have this problem, that problem. My neighbors have it. Ladies and gentlemen. Men, listen to the word of the Lord. He's saying to you personally tonight, I am indeed concerned about you. Indeed, I'm concerned about you. Who is this God who is indeed concerned about you? He introduced himself to Moses in verse 14. Because Moses said, you know, who is this voice from the fire? Who is this voice that is talking to me and he said tell the people I am that I am is the one who sent you he could have said I am the creator that's totally perfect he could have said I am the lover of my people that wouldn't be wrong he could say I am the healer that would be fine. He could say anything. I was just in um, Akron, Ohio, and the pastor friend there said, you know, Mel, that God or Jesus have 700 different names in the Bible, you know. And I said, 700? I thought, you know, 50, just about right. But I guess he found another 650 from somewhere, and I'll just take his word for it. So let's just say 70. 700 sounds like a little exaggeration to me. 70. He's the savior. He's the healer. He's the redeemer. He's the alpha and omega. He's the bright and morning stars. He's the good shepherd. He's the lover of our soul. I mean, we can go on and on here. You know, let's, we can go for 70. But, and God could have introduced himself to Moses using any one of those names. But he chose to use it. I am that I am. And later on, like just about 2,000 years ago, I am that I am shows up. And so he said, I am the light of the world. I am the water of life. I am the bread of life. I am the good shepherd. I am, no, I mean, Alpha and Omega. That I am, that I am, it still looks like a corny way of introducing oneself but it is an all encompassing introduction as to who God is I am that I am and so ladies and gentlemen if you are sick tonight the I am is talking to you the I am the healer is talking to you and said indeed I'm concerned about you so if I am the healer is concerned about you you better believe it. Like he did to me 53 years ago. He took away the malaria. He'll take away the sickness that you have. Because I am the healer. Is indeed very much concerned about you. If you are a little bit thinking like you're in the dark somewhere. Oh I am the light of the world. Will come and light your path. And you're going to see clear from this day on. If you're a little troubled. 
who doesn't? You know, because we didn't have McDonald's today, we got a little troubled. You know, sometimes I'm troubled just because I didn't have rice for two days. So I, I can understand that. So if you're a little troubled, I am the Prince of Peace. We'll be there for you. If you have a question, I am the God. We have all the answers. Is indeed concerned about you. I am. If you feel like, oh man, this battle is hard. I'm kind of feeling, you know, under bondage here. This thing is kind of a little over, overwhelming to, to me. I am the deliverer. Is here for you tonight. I am. You know, when you leave this place tonight, ladies and gentlemen, don't walk out by yourself. Walk out with I am that I am. You know, let him, or you hold his arm, or let, let him hold your arm, whichever way you do it. You're going to walk out from this building tonight with I am with you. And so if you feel a little down, hey, I am who hang the stars in the sky will lift you up. You feel, you feel a little thirsty? I am who has the water of life. Will give you water that he said, if you drink of it, out of your innermost being shall flow rivers of living water. I am that I am is indeed concern about you. So, <clears throat> why Moses ran into an encounter, the great I am? Now that is a good question. Can you imagine? You walk out one of these days, driving your truck, and then you got home, walking to your house, and there's somebody in front of the door. And he said, welcome home, Pastor Jim. I am that I am. You're going to say to yourself, welcome, sir. And he said to you, what can I do for you, Jim? Oh, if I am that I am who indeed concern about you, ask you a question. Ladies and gentlemen, you better be smart and come up with the best answer you ever got. My problem was 53 years ago, I didn't ask him to heal me. That was kind of dumb. But when you embrace the great I am, you don't have to come up with a great answer. Because I am that I am encompass everything. So tomorrow, if you wake up a little afraid, oh, I am who loves you, will so fill and saturate your heart with love, the love that casts out fear, that all of a sudden you said, you know, I'm a little afraid, but I am that I am who loves me, release me from this fear. Moses encountered the great I am in the top of the mountain. And as I was reading that Bible first here this afternoon for this meeting tonight, something came to me that I have never seen before. Like Pastor Jim, Miss Peggy, Pastor Dan, I've read the Bible, you know, a few times over in my life. I've read the story. But something came to me tonight that I want to share with you. You know, Moses has been in that region, the wilderness, for about 40 years, taking leave. He got a wife, he got children, uh, in-laws, and, you know, uh, all the friends that he has, that the goats that uh, he took care and whatnot. He has gone up to this mountain a few times. If he went up to the mountain once a year, let us say, he's been there almost 40 times. 
If he went up there twice a year, he's almost 80 times going up to the mountain. And the mountain, which is kind of like the desert at that time. You have to be stupid to go up to the mountain and be behind the desert there. Because there's nothing much to speak of in the desert. But there is something about Moses that I believe can encourage you and I tonight. And that is, he has gone up to that mountain many times. And in all the previous times, let's say 39 times, let us say 79 times, let us say 150 times, he's been there, but nothing spiritual happened. Not a goosebump, not a hallucination, not a, you know, nothing, no nothing happened. Let me tell you something. When you go up to the stupid mountain behind the desert there so many times and nothing happened, you have the reasons to stay home by the wife and the kids and never go up back into the stupid place. That is my suggestion to anybody who has any brain left in their skull. But this Moses went up again. And this time... Something kick in. Because as he took the corner, this is just my imagination, probably influenced by, you know, the Ten Commandments by Cecil B. DeMille, probably. As he walked around the corner, this time, oh, Moses has been in church for many, many a times. Oh, Moses has been in Harper's house many a times. Oh, he was the first one in uh, the... What do you call the place over there, John? Your place over there. You know, the one over there. Where the, some of the guys are there. Half his house over there? Yeah. yeah. Moses has been in half his house a couple of times. And so it is required for him to show up in church Wednesday night. Or Saturday night at least you are required. He's been there. He heard the music. He sang the song. He stood up. Yeah. Not, nothing much happened. But one day. He keep on going up that stupid mountain. He keep on going to this place that hasn't done him no good, seemingly, for a long time. But then to one day, something happened. And I just got the feeling that tonight could be that one time for somebody sitting here tonight. Somebody sitting here tonight, the Holy Ghost is saying, tonight's your night. Tonight's your night. This is the time. And some of you, maybe not tonight. Maybe it's going to be next week. I don't know. Everybody have our own times. But the point is this. You keep on going on top of that mountain. Ah, somebody whose name I am that I am will show up. Because according to the movie that I saw, the Ten Commandments, the moment he turned the corner, he said, is that the red things? You know, the red Algae Jay over in uh, Siesta Beach. It's red, you know. And he looks, and there's fire in this tree. Moses has never seen that fire for a long time. Now he may have heard about the fire, you know, because his great, 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 great grandpa Abraham, you know, told the story and they passed the story down that uh, one day God came and talked to Abraham. So Moses knew that God talks. 
Moses knew that God gave a promise to the ancestors. Moses knew that uh, sometime, you know, God show up in fire. He kind of knew that. He learned it in the Bible. He, he heard pastor preach about it. But this time it is different. This time he turned around the corner and the fire was there. And then the voice from the fire said, I'm the God of Abraham and Isaac and Jacob. The Lord said to Moses, the reason I visit you today, the reason I reveal myself to you today, Moses, is because I have a promise that I have to keep. I have an obligation to fulfill that which I have promised. So ladies and gentlemen, I'm here to remind you tonight that there's a promise that God is eager to keep. 30 plus years ago, a young man and a young lady who just got married, the Lord told them to come to Sarasota, Florida. And they came here with a promise. And the promise was, if you serve me, I will be with you. And tonight the Lord is telling them, I'm going to show up. Big time, because I have a promise I've made that I want to keep. Because long time ago, Jesus said, on this rock I built my church, and the very gates of hell shall not prevail against it. On the cross, he said, it is finished. Ladies and gentlemen, Jesus came to pay the price for our sin. That is the essence of the gospel. He was born. He was crucified. He died. He was buried. And he rose back again from the dead. That is the essence of the Bible, of Christianity. He made a promise. He came for a reason. He told Nicodemus, I came that they might have life. I came so that they are not being, uh, they're not going to be destroyed. I came so that they can be saved. I came so that they can be set free. Why? Because that's my name. My name is the Deliverer. And when he named himself Deliverer, he got a promise he got to keep. Because if he don't live up to his name, well, he has... Something to explain. Oh, but he's the, the deliverer. He's the redeemer. He's the savior. He's the one, the healer. He's God. He's alpha. He's omega. Which means, ladies and gentlemen, when he's alpha and he's omega, when he began something, you better bet your bottom dollar. Don't do that. Pastor Jim wouldn't be happy. But I mean, if he promised and he began something, ladies and gentlemen, he's as sure as heaven is, is real that he will finish it he will finish it he promised and he will keep his promise he promised and he will keep his promise he promised and he will keep his promise because he is alpha and omega he's the beginning and the end what he started he finished it so i'm here to tell you tonight ladies and gentlemen rejoice when you walk out of this building tonight, go arm in arm, walk out of here with the great I am. I am the deliverer will walk out with you. I am the healer will walk out with you. Not only so that you can be healed, so that maybe somebody out there that needs healing, you can release that healing for them. You see, Moses has walked up that mountain many a times. And as I was meditating about this, I can see him. Year one, when he walked up the mountains, he said to himself, 
this is going to be a good experience. Hmm. I'm going to encounter God in the mountain. He remember the story when Abraham and Isaac went up to the mountain. And when they got up to the mountain, guess what? When Abraham is about to sacrifice Isaac, you all remember the story, don't you? Well, if not, never mind. But, you know, just believe me, that's how the story goes. So they got up to the mountain. And Abraham is about to kill Isaac to sacrifice. Before Abraham was able to slip the poor guy's throat. And Isaac was just about. You know, never mind. I have a thought in mind, but I just, you know, discard it right now. A big, strong lamb was over there in the bush. His, um, what do you call his thing here? His horn were tangled up in the bush. The poor thing couldn't get away even if he wanted to. And Isaac said to father, this is military version of the story. Dad! <laughs> right there! Right there! me is right there and Abraham says you're right son you you got off this thing help me out you know oh Isaac just couldn't I mean Isaac just couldn't believe it he walked out jump out and he slid it <laughs> lamb or that goat what oh yeah the lamb oh and when Isaac slit his lamb, his throat he said I'm glad it's you not me <laughs> Oh, ladies and gentlemen, he was slain in the cross. He died so that you and I can die no more. Oh, he has been bitten. He has been destroyed and he died so that you and I can be set free. Oh, I am that I am. I am the Redeemer. I am that began something in you. I am who have given you the promise. I will say to it, that that promise will be fulfilled. The promise for the church, the promise for your family, the promise for the children, the promise for the grandchildren, the promise for the world that you live in today, the promise for the United States of America. I was an American 40 years ago. I choose to be an American, and I'm standing tall for America. And I said, America, you will fulfill your destiny. But better than that, ladies and gentlemen, the kingdoms of this world shall become the kingdom of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Oh, I'm jealous for this kingdom. This kingdom is revealed. This kingdom are going to be established in the heart of men and women. And we are part of this kingdom. And ladies and gentlemen, we are the army that is rising in this generation. You are the army that is rising in this generation. And I'm telling you, there's a lot of people that need a little help out there because the terrible opioid problem in America. You guys sitting here, you're going to go out and with Pastor Jimmy and all of you, you're going to show them who Jesus is and the deliverer that has set you free, that will set them free. The Lord said to Moses, I'm here for you, but I'm also for them that has been troubled in Egypt. You think you have a problem? Oh, there's so much problem out there. 
But your problem, as you embrace me, Jesus said, I'm going to set you free. Why? So that you can show the millions out there how to be free. It is more than just harvest house. It is more just the harvest here. So we can all praise God for the miracle that has happened to us. That's good. But it's beyond that. Oh, there's millions of them in Egypt, ladies and gentlemen, that has lived under the dictatorship and under the terrible power of Pharaoh. And when Moses saw the fire and he heard the voice from the fire, the voice said, Moses, go down to Egypt. Don't preach long because you're a little stuttery. The more you preach, the worse you're going to become. <laughs> so just say four words. Said to Pharaoh, let my people go. You know, not everybody can preach the long sermon. I know that. But everybody can say four words. Let my people go. Everybody can say, be healed in the name of Jesus. Be healed in the name of Jesus. Five, you know, or six, whatever. Can't count now. All of us can say to our neighbors, Jesus loves you. Jesus loves you. Three. I'm getting it down to three. <laughs> Jesus loves you. Ladies and gentlemen, it is for you that God came. But it is through you that God is going to move on. Oh, that will preach, Miss Peggy. Have never thought about it, but tonight. Huh? It is to you that Jesus came, but it is through you that he has touched you. Whoa, 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 whoa. Thank you, Jesus. So, God said to Moses, I am that I am. Go down to Egypt. Go down to Pharaoh and tell him, let my people go. Moses went down and he was alone. I can just imagine here. He wouldn't say, Pharaoh, let my people go. That's a little too sexy for, you know, Moses. So Moses was said, Pharaoh, let my people go. It's a little wimpy side. But it doesn't matter. You just say the word of the Lord. Wimpy or strong is the word of the living God that is going to come to pass. Oh, and Pharaoh never know what hit him. The poor guy trying to argue with Moses and try to compete with his, you know, you know, witchcraft doctors, trying to compete with God and God's power. I tell you what, ladies and gentlemen, Pharaoh die regretting that stupidity, trying to compete with God. Because God saw a big time, miracles after miracles take place, and lo and behold, they finally walk out. You know, with all the wealth of Egypt unto the promised land. Before he drowned into the Red Sea, Pharaoh probably said to himself, I wish I just let them go a long time ago before my son died. I wish I let them go a long time ago because before my country is destroyed. Well, it's a little too late, Mr. Pharaoh. But you see, let my people go because it is the command of the Lord to do it. Set people free and set heaven release to do whatever heaven can do in order to bring healing, deliverance, power to those who live in earth who have lived under the bondage of Egypt. Let me go back to my imagination. Year one, when Moses went up there, he was looking to see a lamb in the bush. All he saw was one of the little goat that he has. <laughs> and the poor little thing was running around. And Moses said, you little stinker. You know, 
So that was okay. But there's nothing spiritual. There's nothing exciting happen. And Moses said to himself, maybe when I go up the next time, maybe something else will happen. And on his way up, he sang the song. And he recruited Pastor Dan here with his um, guitar. And uh, Miss Estrella here with her singing voice. And they were singing up. Oh, his reckless love. You know, that song that we just sang. They were singing up there. And they just knew that now they bring down the presence of God in their worship. Something's going to happen on the top of the mountain. Well, they turned the corner. Ain't nothing happened. Well, maybe another time. The third time he went out. Nothing happened. The fourth time, nothing happened. Thirty-seven time, nothing happened. Oh, by this time, Moses should have said, forget you. But he didn't. You know, there's something about this Moses. He keep on going up to the mountain. He keep on going up the side of the hill. He keep on walking up that desert thing. That one thing about Moses is he never give up. I guess if you don't quit, you will eventually win. Just don't quit. Just don't quit. Because you never know when the fire is going to burn the tree. You never know when the voice from the fire will send you to talk to Pharaoh to set his people free. You never know when he, I am that I am will introduce himself to you. So ladies and gentlemen, don't ever give up. Keep on going up to the desert. Keep on going up the top of the mountain. Why? Because it's going to come a time. Tonight's going to be a time for somebody here. Oh, you have been praying, you have been looking for it, you have been struggling a little bit. But tonight is the night where you're going to see the fire burning. But this time it ain't going to be in the tree, it's going to be burning inside of you. This time the fire of the Holy Ghost going to burn inside of you. And this time you're going to hear the voice of I am that I am that said, be free. Because when the sun set you free, you will be free indeed. And I'm going to set you free. Why? Because there are millions out there that need to be free. When I set you free, you're going to go and tell them about me. And together, we will set them free. Oh, ladies and gentlemen, I can see Harvest House. Not only in Sarasota, but duplicated, 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 duplicated. In Chicago, in New York, in New Jersey, in Denver, in Seattle, in many places all over this great nation. Because you who are here and have encountered Jesus and the fire of the Holy Ghost in the Harvest, you're going to go out there and bring that fire for them. Because, ladies and gentlemen, he indeed... Is very much concerned about you. But you got to keep on going. Can't give up. Moses came back. Number 25 trip up there. And the wife said, where have you been, honey? Well, I was up there in the mountain. Anything happened? Well, I just got a little tired. So I need, you know, a little food to eat and... You know, tell the kids to be quiet and I need to have a little nap. Well, the wife said, okay, at least you try. But when he came down the last time, 
He was walking down from the distance down the mountain. And the wife said to the son, hey boy, is that your dad? The son said, yeah, it looks like that. I mean, he has the, you know, the walk of that. Boy, I married this man for 40 years. But that walk is the walk of the man that has encountered God. And has heard the voice of I am that I am. That walk, it has a different stride on it. And when he walked down to the tent, no question asked. They knew that something has happened. So when he told them, saddle up the camel, on Egypt we go. They said, yes, sir. To Egypt they went. Because after all that time, never give up. Keep on going. Keep on tracking. Keep on moving. Keep on seeking. The time come. Where the fire show up and God, the I am that I am, spoke from the fire. Promise given. Promise kept. God is going to do it, ladies and gentlemen. Tonight I came to you with just one little suggestion. Whoever you are, whatever condition you are in, the Lord is saying, don't you ever give up. Keep on going up to the mountain. Because the time's gonna come where I am that I am is going to encounter you when the promise is going to be fulfilled. The fire is gonna burn, and you're gonna bring that fire and set my people free. I have about a few minutes to tell you a story. Miss Peggy told me that uh, I accepted Jesus 53 years ago. And for 53 years, I've been preaching the gospel everywhere, just about almost every country in the world that you can think of. And this last July, I was in Madagascar. And a pastor friend set up the meeting. And so we have this meeting in a soccer field. Thousands of people were there. So yours truly was preaching. And in the end, you know, I told them, I said to them, you know, you people, Madagascaran people are my cousins. You know, most of them, you know, their ancestors came from Indonesia. So I said, I'm coming here looking for my lost cousins. And so I said to them, I'm 72 years old. And as you know, here in the island, when you're 72, you can say anything you want to say. And whatever you tell them, the younger ones have to do. So I said to them, uh, now that I'm finished preaching, I want everybody here who haven't accepted Jesus to ask Jesus into your heart right now. No, I don't accept no for an answer. Just do it. Did it. So that was good. I'm exaggerating it a little bit there. But, uh, you know, that's just the bottom line of the story. And then uh, we said, uh, whoever will seek, come to the front and we'll pray for you. You know, so they fill up the place up front and in front of the platform. And so I said to the pastor, Pastor Rodolfo, who arranged the meeting. I said, uh, Pastor Rodolfo. Uh, why don't you pray for the people to be healed? Because I've been preaching in English, translated into Malagasy. And if I pray again in English, the folks here will think that miracle only happened because Papa Mel preached. So let's not do that. So I said, why don't you do the praying? You pray in Malagasy, their own language, so that when the Lord healed them, they know that they who speak Malagasy are understood by God and they, they can receive the miracle too. So I said, why don't you come up and pray? And Pastor Rodolfo said to me, now this is the part that was really sweet. He said, you know, Papa Mel, the Lord told me that we shouldn't be praying for them one by one. 
I said, that is smart, you know. I'm sweaty. I'm a little hot now, you know, tired. And I don't feel like, you know, praying for them one by one. There's hundreds of them down there. I said, by the time we finish praying one by one for them, we're going to be sick or half dead, you know, because we're so tired. So I said, what did the Lord tell you, Rodolfo? He said, the Lord said that you should sit, I mean, stand in the edge of the platform and I have asked the kids to put a big uh, floodlight behind you. And so instead of praying, they're going to put the floodlight. And when the floodlight is on you, your shadow is going to fall upon the congregation. And when your shadow fall on them, they will be healed. I said, you know, I think Peter will appreciate that. But the thing that I was kind of kicking myself was this. I said, I've been in the ministry for 53 years. I've been sweating, praying for people. Not that I regret it. That was fine. When you pray for somebody and God healed them, of course, you love it, you know. But I said, I never thought of this. This is the easiest way to pray for people. So I said, turn the light on. So they turned the flat light behind me. And I stood in the edge of the platform. Pastor Dan, you're going to like this. And my shadow started from where I stood all the way to the back of the soccer field. I said, well, that's good. And so they moved the light a little bit. So my shadow moved to the left all the way to the end. And this time I signaled him, don't move the thing. I'll help you out. So I was moving a little bit, you know. So help the shadow to move to the other end. So we move it again one time just to be, be sure, be sure that they got it. And we finished that, they turned off the light, and Pastor Rodolfo came to the front and said, okay, ladies and gentlemen, Jesus has healed you. And I was happy because I don't have to pray. I just you know, stood there looking pretty or whatever. And uh, <coughs> Pastor Rodolfo said to the people, line up and come up to the platform and tell us what God has done for you tonight. They line up. He gave them 15 seconds each or 30 seconds. You know, take them an hour and a half just to finish their little testimony. Now the first one that came to the front. He came and Pastor Rodolfo said, what have, what have Jesus done to you tonight? He opened his mouth and said something. And before he continued, the whole congregation were going wild with applause. And you know the Africans, you know, when they go wild, they go wild. They were saying, la, 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 la. I mean, they were just, they just literally make a fool out of themselves. They were just crowd uh, shouting happy, let's say it that way. And I said to the interpreter, what are they so, you know, excited about? And it turned out the reason the whole crowd were excited because they know this fella, 23 years old young boy. He was born deaf and he was born dumb. Everybody know, let's call him Johnny. Everybody know Johnny. So when Pastor Rodolfo asked him, and Pastor Rodolfo didn't have a clue who Johnny was, asked him what Jesus did you tonight, for you tonight. And Johnny began to speak. Well, of course, everybody knows that the miracle has taken place. Johnny don't have to tell them what Jesus has done. The fact that Johnny was speaking and hearing is the proof that Jesus was there. That I am, that I am, I am the healer has healed Johnny. And of course, the next one came and was the crippled one and he was you know showing off you know how he can walk now and the blind one uh, showing off how he can see I mean all kind of miracles happened that night 
And I remember thinking to myself, if I quit the ministry 50 years ago, I mean three years ago, how many years ago? I would have missed this one here. Not that I do them, uh, I continue the ministry for that, but it's kind of like, kind of, kind of cool, you know. The first time in my life, standing there, the shadow hit the people. And I was thinking to myself, boy, that shadow is good. And the Lord said to me, it ain't the shadow, boy. It is the light that caused the shadow. And I was thinking of that light back there, the flat light. But the Holy Spirit said to me, it ain't that light either. It is I, the light of the world. I, Jesus, that has caused that to happen. Oh, woo! 53 years, and we finally kind of like hit the jackpot. Not that, you know, you know, you know what I'm talking about. It was good. Huh. I said to Pastor Rodolfo, when I come back to Madagascar, have the floodlight ready. And let the light of the world shine with his mercy and glory for his people. Because he is very much concerned about them.